Hey guys, welcome to uh, episode two of Flip Stories. Uh, Flip Stories, it's a podcast um, about mistakes that I've made and lessons that I've learned while flipping homes. And our goal for the show, which we're you know, trying to figure out what we're doing, um, is to tell stories of actual flips that I've done. And hopefully you can get some you know, some good uh, lessons, some good tips, um, and and not make the same mistakes that I have and stand on my shoulders. Um, so let's start with uh, episode number two. So uh, in this episode, we're gonna we're gonna look at our sec- second flip that I've ever done, um, where I uh, some of the highlights are I I paid for a lead uh, on this property, paid a referral. Um, I bought it from a bank. I during a remodel, I sprayed accidentally sprayed um, uh, spray paint all over some brand new floors. We'll get into that, and then near the end, uh, our first deal, the appraisal came in too high. So we'll tell you what we did of each of those things. Um, so I, so we bought, we paid in a referral fee for this one. Um, I was, I had just finished up my first flip, which we covered in episode one. And I was looking for a property. I was looking around Santa Rosa. I didn't know if I was going to go back to the foreclosure auctions and look for one. And, um, a couple people knew about our first flip and it was an interesting time because everyone was running away from the real estate investments because it was you know, at the end of 2008 and everyone was very scared and prices were dropping and it was probably the last thing you wanted to do was uh, be investing in real estate. But since I came out in a good timing wise, I was like, you know, this is a great time. There's opportunities everywhere. Uh, you know, these homes are selling for half the price uh, or near half the price that they once were, you know, just a year or two before. Um, so, uh, uh, a business colleague of my father had heard about what I was doing and he knew someone who was in escrow on a home, um, on a, 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 on a home that a bank owned and the bank was trying to get rid of this property. Um, the bank took this property back, which we, we later found out from this guy who was in escrow on the property, had taken the, the property back. Uh, because there was an SBA loan on it, which was a small business loan, and the bank, uh, you know, lended money to some business owner, and in exchange, uh, the business owner's father had given them the deed on his home. So I think it was, it was I forget who it was. It was a, it was a, you know, a younger man or woman, and they had started a restaurant, something like a restaurant, and uh, the restaurant needed money, so they went to their dad and was like, hey, can you loan me some money? And the only way he was able to do this was to put, um, you know, have the have the bank put uh, a deed on, uh, on his home, um, which essentially says, if you don't pay back this loan, we'll take your home. So anyways, the, the kid's uh, business went belly up, the bank's like, we need our money. They took the, the father's home. It's kind of a sad story, but, you know, a lot of people do this. And, you know, sometimes businesses fail and, 
you still owe on your your debt and the bank wants to get the money back and so they'll take your home back so this happened and now the bank has it and they're trying to get rid of it uh you know they're not in the business of managing you know rentals they're in the businesses of giving loans and collecting interest so they're like you know they need to get rid of it it's in their best interest to get rid of the property free up some capital so <clears throat> this uh friend of a, my father's business colleague was in escrow on this property he had gone through all the inspections he had um you know uh, negotiated down the price with the bank and he was ready to uh close on it and his plans were to rent it out then we hear about it and hears that we're flipping and we're looking for a house he thinks he got a great he's you know negotiated down the price uh very low with the bank and he's interested in uh selling it to us he's in escrow and he wants to sell it to us for more than he's in contract for um so he's he 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 invites us over he get a tour of the property um i run some numbers and i say like man you know we could buy it from this guy and you know it's still gonna work great as a flip on the other hand this guy thinks he's like mr clever um just gonna you know you know, flip a home without even ever technically purchasing it. Um, and, you know, he's he's like very excited. And we're very excited, but we're both trying to, you know, pretend like we're not excited. So, you know, we're touring this home, and then we start talking. Um, and it turns out, you know, he's interested in selling, and we're interested in buying. So we kind of go back and forth a little bit, and then we come up with a price that he'll, he'll uh, let us go through and purchase the property and then we'll pay him a referral fee. We get it all signed up on a contract and, you know, sign the contract, shake hands, and we're off to the races. So we, we end up closing on the property uh, for a price that we think is fantastic. And we start the, we start the remodel. And we're, uh, uh, you know, going to be doing just a pretty standard remodel. You know, the kitchens, baths, new flooring, new paint. And uh, at the time, you know, I was, you know, doing all this research. I thought I was all, you know, on the cutting edge of kitchen trends. And it turns out, you know, I, you know, I knocked down part of a wall to open it up to the rest of the living room. And back then it was like, oh, the trend is open concept. And, you know, you weren't seeing it a lot yet. Now it's everywhere. It's on like every show ever. But uh, so I knocked down you know, the, the kitchen wall to open it up to the living room, get the, you know, the open concept going. There's like a, a drop down ceiling in the kitchen with this old kind of uh, lattice lighting uh, look. We ripped that out, opened up the ceiling a little bit. We're like, wow, we're really going to nail this one. Super excited. Turns out on this one, to uh, save on cost, I still wasn't buying into the stainless steel appliances and it went with the the white appliances, which yeah, in retrospect was a little bit of a no-no, but at the time, um, it didn't matter. It just didn't matter because, you know, if you had a, a remodel, low-priced home, you were going to have lots of buyers. So it really didn't matter too much on the, the remodel uh, concepts, you know, looking back, but 2020 is, uh, you know, 2020 view is always uh, better looking back than uh, 
than at the time. So it turns out that those white appliances didn't matter so much. Um, you know, so we're, you know, going through this remodel, you know, uh, and uh, we're like, you know, near the end. We put in these brand new hardwood floors. You know, we're finished with painting and everything. You know, I'm looking at the banisters and like they're, they're kind of like this tacky white color. And it was the one thing I didn't have the painters do. I'm like, man, we really need to get these, uh, we really need to get these painted. I don't want to pay a painter to come back and, you know, do painting. I'm just going to, I'm just going to roll down to Home Depot and pick up some uh, spray paint. I'm just going to pick up some spray paint, get a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of paper to put down around the, uh, the, the the stair railing just for the overspray just gonna whip this out and quickly in an afternoon so you know I get my my spray paint I get my uh, my paper to put around the the railing to you know get the the overspray cover up the the carpet on the stairs I get this all set up you know it's taking a little longer to do the paint prep than expected I'm not a professional painter um, all of a sudden, you know, the, the, the sun's going down. I'm like, you know, I'm going to do this. You know, I, uh, and there were still a couple lights I hadn't installed yet. So the, the, it was pretty dim lighting once the sun went down. So I get this all set up and I just, I get tearing into the spray painting, start spraying these railings and, uh, you know, it takes, you know, you know, it's taking one hour, two hours. All of a sudden, you know, it's nighttime. And I'm finally finishing up, uh, lock up the house, go home, you know, early next morning, my contractor shows up and, you know, first thing he does, he gets there before me. I don't know. He gets there at 6am. He gets there before me, opens the door, goes in. I get this phone call, Andrew, what happened? I'm like, what, what's, what's the deal? He's like the railings. He's like, were you spray painting the railings? I was like, yeah. He's like, well, guess what? He's like the spray paint, spray paint floated. It floated along the, hit all the walls going down the, the railings. It, it floated downstairs and it's, it, you know, there's little specks of spray paint all over the brand new hardwood floors. And I'm like, you're kidding me. Please tell me you're kidding me. He says, no, you need to get down here. We can look at, we can look at uh, options to, uh, you know, fix this. So I get up and I'm driving over there. I'm like, oh no, these brand new hardwood floors I just installed are gonna, we're gonna have to replace them. I'm just like, you know, counting the dollars like, oh man, this is gonna be terrible. So we get there, we're looking at it. First, you know, he gives me, gives me some hassle for uh, using spray paint, not, you know, appropriate, you know, protection on all the floors. And I'm like, wow, I did not did not think spray paint would travel that far. So first thing, here's a good lesson. Don't spray paint inside unless you just have some sort of like, you know, unless you're protecting everything in sight, don't spray paint inside. Um, spray paint floats. That's, uh, that's tip number one. And I can't, I can't emphasize that strongly enough. So, uh, you know, I get there, we're going through options. He has a couple idea for different, I don't know, the, I call them solvents. Something that, that, that'll clean the floors but won't strip like the, you know, the new finish on the hardwood floor. So, I, you know, I go to Home Depot, I'm looking, I, 
I, I get what he suggests, and then I spend I spend like a day or two just like wiping down these floors, and in the end, it turns out we're able to wipe off the spray paint. But it was a scary it was a scary day or two of you know thinking we we're gonna have to replace these floors. Um, you know, we finished the remodel. Um, we get it listed. You know, it's across from a park. It's uh, early 2009. Prices are, you know, nearing their like historic low of like the last couple decades. Uh, it's getting a lot of traffic. And, you know, a week or two later after listing it, we get over asking. Over asking. So we already had our price up, you know, with a pretty good margin. Then we get over asking. I think we got like 10 grand over asking. I'm ecstatic. So all along, I don't know if you remember our, our special friend who gave us the referral of this property. He was in contract and, you know, he think, you know, he's, uh, he got this great deal. He just, you know, pretty much sold us his position in the contract. So all along he's checking in and, uh, he's like, so how's the remodel going? And, you know, I'm giving him info. Then I tell him, I, I you know, I might've, uh, you know, I kind of wanted to let him know, like, hey, buddy, you know, you, you thought you, you got the deal on us. Well, we got the deal on you. I was getting a little high and mighty. So I'm like, you know, we're, we're listening for this price. He was impressed. He's like, wow. You kind of tell. He's like, man, I should hold on to that. Then I'm telling him, you know, we got an offer 10, 10 grand over asking. So I'm trying to rub it in a little bit, let him know, you know. And uh, so he's like, what? And he's like, we need to schedule a lunch meeting. He, he wants some more information on, you know, this whole flipping process. Um, and then, uh, so we're into escrow. And then uh, I get a call from the seller's agent. And uh, she was like, she or he, they were like, uh, you know, the appraisal came in low. And I'm like, oh, really? My first thought is, you know, well, tough luck. You can, you're going to need to figure this out. And this agent's like, no, the the seller's lender won't lend on this property because uh, the appraisals too came in low. And I'm like, well, what do you mean low? How, how could it come in low? And I'm, you know, I'm looking at comps that sold in the area, which unfortunately most comps that sold in the area are also uh, foreclosures and REOs because the market's falling apart. And you know, you, you know, I don't have a lot of remodel comps, so so here's the big problem: my comps aren't weren't correct, and by comps I mean comparable sales. So some homes that sold in the last three months or six months in the immediate neighborhood, a lot of them are selling, but a lot of them weren't remodeled. So the banks are a little confused. They're like looking at it like, man, we're you know we're losing these homes left and right. We're losing money. You know, we're getting foreclosed on, you know, this is like a disaster. And then they see me, you know, buying this home and uh, an REO, which is a real estate owned, usually goes through the bank. And I got it for some great deal. I remodeled the property and I'm selling it and possibly making a considerable profit. And they're like, well, this ain't right. And so they're like, you know, uh, and the appraiser is confused and he doesn't, he or she doesn't know how to, you know, uh, appraise these homes because like everything else that's selling in the neighborhood is like a distressed sell. So the, the appraisal comes in low and the bank's like, well, 
we just can't, uh, we're going to have to lower the price. And around this time, there's a lot of uproar and uh, uproar in Congress and, you know, with, uh, you know, uh, you know, Fannie and Freddie and all these, all these, uh, all these, uh, federally, you know, either federally backed loans or, uh, you know, and they're all like, you know, we, we can't have this flipping happening. So there's a couple rules that gets put in place where you can't, you know, you can't flip a prod property within 90 days of purchasing it or, you know, over, you know, it can't be this percentage over costs that you paid plus remodel costs. You know, they, they inserted all these rules to make it really hard to flip, which later they relaxed on. But at the time, this was like, this was like the popular political thing. And so long story short, the lenders like got to lower the price. So I come back and, you know, I take this, you know, I get another phone call and they're, they're, they're explaining all this. And, you know, I'm thinking, well, let's, you know, I have two options here. Either I lower the price of these guys, which would be below asking, just below asking, or I say, hey, tough luck. I'm going to put it back on the market and try to find a new uh, buyer and possibly a lender who's okay with our uh, asking price. And I think about it. I'm like, you know what? I think... I think my ego's. I think I'm getting my ego in the way here. Like I could just lower this price, sell it for a good price, good margin, sell it to these people. I'm gonna have to go back and, you know, tell this this guy I bought it for that, you know, that that great fancy over asking price that I was telling him about is, is actually not that. Uh, I'm gonna have to sell it for below asking. I'm just gonna really gonna have to, you know, uh, you know, you know, swallow this lump and. You know, my ego is going to be a little bruised, but you know what, you know, we're, it would be smarter to just to close a home and move to the next flip. So it turns out, you know, we had to lower it just below asking. We sell it to this couple who's had it ever since. Um, and uh, there you go. We uh, decided to, to, to just close. It'd be better to close and move to the next one. So, you know, what are the, the lessons learned on this one? You know, sometimes it's good to pay for a lead. It may seem, it may seem expensive, but, you know, if you can, if you can pay for a lead, you know, you know, all you're trying to do is, you know, if you're looking for a home or if you're looking for an investment is you're trying to get into the investment. So sometimes it might seem, it just seems like wrong to pay for a lead especially if it looks like the person really hasn't done much but you know sometimes you're just trying to get into a deal um uh you know big mistake don't spray paint inside without putting down adequate protection or, or really just don't spray paint inside and uh number three don't let your ego get in the way of a smart decision so, you know, sometimes it, you know, sometimes you just got to lower the price and move on to the next one. Just make the smart decision. Don't get your EO caught in and then, you know, go back to market, you know, be on, be on the market, you know, relist the property, be on for another 60 days and then get the same price that you just could have closed on 60 days before and, you know, waste the interest or, um, you know, waiting for the next offer. And uh, there you go.
that is episode number two. Um, we're really interested in getting any questions we have from our uh, listeners. Um, I encourage you to email uh, myself at andrew at tussockhomes.com. That's T-U-S-S-O-C-K homes.com. So we want to hear from you. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, you know, any popular um, podcast delivery service. And uh, please uh, subscribe and share with your friends. And uh, until next time, this was uh, Flip Stories. <laughs>